Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Joanne Wilson, co-pastor at Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. It's still summer, so it's still cool summer. But as we begin this message, I want you to turn. How many of y'all got your Bibles with you? It's all right if it's on your phone. Come on. We're going to turn to Ecclesiastes 2, and we're going to start with 1 and go to 11. And then we're going to skip down to verse 24 through 26. You got that? Ecclesiastes 1. So I'm going to go right into it. And it said, I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does my pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself up with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves to flourishing trees. I, I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well the delights of a man heart. I became greater by far anyone in Jerusalem before me and all my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart to no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor and this was my reward for my toil. Yet I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve and everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. And Ecclesiastes 1, 24 through 26 says, the best you can do with your life is have a good time and get by the best you can. The way I see it, that's it, divine fate. Whether we feast or fast, it's up to God. God may give you wisdom and knowledge and joy um, may give wisdom and knowledge and joy to his favorites, but sinners are assigned a life of hard labor and end up turning their wages over to God's favorites. Nothing but smoke, a spitting into the wind. And God's people say, amen. If you're taking notes today, the title of this message is called King's Disease. King's Disease. Y'all know I'm a nice Let me stop. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you for this day that you have made. Lord, I thank you for your answered prayers that guide us and lead us. And thank you for all the provision. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for all that you're working out and doing. God, I pray that in this time, Lord, you be glorified. Your name be magnified, Lord. Let us lean into what you're speaking to us today, God. Lord, I know that your word is transformative, so 
God, thank you for the transformation in all of my brothers and sisters' lives that are listening today, God. God, I pray that you reveal to us more purpose in our life, Lord, and that we may not be scared to put one foot in front of the other and move towards you in the direction that you've laid out for us. All these things I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Matt. Thank you to our worship team. Let's give it up for our worship team that brings in the atmosphere. So today, I want to talk to us, um, or the Spirit led me to talk about focus. Focus. Focus really means to direct your energy or attention towards a specific goal or a specific thing, right? And as we wind down on this summer season and we go into the next season that we're about to go into, I think it's important that we evaluate and realign all of the things that we're focused on on and remember that we have to focus on what matters the most in the scriptures we read it's um solomon is the writer of the scriptures we read and so solomon if you um know from from you know maybe bible school or just being in church all your life and maybe you don't know who he is but solomon was known as the wisest and the richest man in the entire world Right. And in these words, in these scriptures, he's searching for the meaning of life. And essentially what we're reading in these scriptures is him kind of experimenting with, you know, he's taking us through an experiment with him trying to find the answer to that question. What is the meaning of life? And as I was reading and as the spirit was talking about this, I felt like, you know, there was so much that we could learn from his experiment, right? And um, there's a lot that we can learn specifically about focus. And so the first thing that we can learn is that focusing on selfish pursuits will leave us empty. Focusing on selfish pursuits leaves us empty. Ecclesiastes 2.1, again, it's, I said to myself, come now. I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Have you ever thought in your mind or asked that question or, or, or played that scenario out? If I had all the money in the world, I would, right? And then you'd list out all the things that you'd get. And then, of course, at the end, you'd, you'd say things like, oh, yeah, and I would help <laughs> I would help the poor, I would, I would give the money to the church or send it to Haiti or whatever it is, right? We, we've all played that game or, or thought out that scenario. Come on. Am I the only one? All right. But it's funny because that statement implies, right? What does that statement imply? It implies that money gets you anything and everything that you want, right? So without it, <laughs> you know, you can't do anything, right? That's what that statement implies. But here we see a rich man's desperate pursuit to find the meaning of life. So he's got it all. He has everything. He is the richest and the wisest. There's nothing that he could not attain. There's nothing that his eyes saw that he was not going to get. He had access to everything. But isn't it interesting that he still finds himself feeling empty? He spent so much of his life pursuing things that would fill him up, but yet he was empty. 
Solomon pursued all of these pleasures. And, you know, I, I, I want to say it's not like all the pleasures, I mean, some of them could be questionable, but it's not like the things were necessarily bad. I mean, he built houses, he, he planted gardens. There's nothing wrong with those things, right? But the problem is, is that he pursued all these pleasures with the focus on himself. It was all about him. Everything that he did was about him. He had no focus outside of himself. The key is here, when you focus on self, you end up pursuing a bunch of empty pursuits, empty pleasures. First Timothy 5, 6 says, but she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. Ezekiel 16, 49 says, behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease, but did not ease, but did nothing to aid the poor and the needy. Solomon's focus not only had him pursuing empty uh, uh, things, empty pleasures, but it also ultimately led him to disobeying God. Solomon was wild. He was doing all kinds of things that were against what God had instructed him. I mean, he gave him specific instructions about many different things, and he decided to disobey God because he was so busy pursuing his own pleasures. Have you ever noticed how short life's pleasures are? I mean, we just came from a vacation. I'm sure a lot of you have gone away or maybe you did a staycation or whatever. And what do we all say? It's too short, right? And then what do we say? We're, okay, back to reality, right? In America, we're pleasure seekers. We move on from one pleasure to the next. And um, the problem is, is apart from God, these pleasures become simply meaningless, a chasing after the wind. This is what we're hearing Solomon say. Many people in our society we know get drunk or do drugs so that they can numb themselves to the rea realities of their lives or the pain of the things that they've experienced. And it's interesting that They'll feel okay for that moment, but what happens when all of that stuff wears out? They become even more depressed and more lost than when they began in the first place, right? This is what, I want you to imagine that this is what Solomon was feeling here. This is what he was expressing. It's Ecclesiastes 2.3, I tried cheering myself up with wine, embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I find it interesting that even in his wisdom, Solomon could not find true satisfaction. The wisest man in the world could not find the meaning of life because he tried to do it absent of God. See, the satisfaction Solomon was searching for could only be found in God. True satisfaction only comes with God. Devoid of God, your pursuits will always leave you empty, and I'll tell you why. Of course, you can't solve a lifelong need with a temporary solution. Like many of us, we try to fill this unseen need with something material, but the things about pleasures, hear me now, is that they're finite, meaning they end. They come to an end. Therefore, you're always going to be searching and wanting more. 
That's the problem. You'll never be satisfied and left dissatisfied. You'll always be searching for the meaning of life. So it becomes this cycle of emptiness. And so God himself is the only one that can fill us up and fill that lifelong need because he is infinite. If we want to stop asking these questions, stop getting on this circle of, of dissatisfaction, we have to turn to the infinite. And God himself is the only one that is infinite. Are y'all with me? So what's your focus? What's your focus? What pleasures do you find yourself in pursuit of? Are we saying that pleasures are bad? Are we saying that, you know, we can't do good things in, in, in our lives or we can't enjoy the things we're blessed with? Absolutely not. But are those your pursuits? Is that your focus? See, your relationship with God should be your number one focus because if you take care of that, God takes care of everything else. Amen? How have those pleasures that you've been, if you're, if you're one that's been pursuing and chasing after those pleasures, how have those pleasures served the greater purpose in your life? And the other question is, do your pursuits for pleasure get you closer or farther from God? Do they get you closer or farther from God? I think these are questions that are healthy for you to ask yourself as you consider the things that you focus on. Another thing that we can learn from Solomon's experiment with focus is that focus saves you from pursuing too many things in a short time. Ecclesiastes 2.11, yet I surveyed all my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve. Everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Notice how many different pursuits that Solomon pursued, right, that he chased. Pleasure. Of course, he did the party life and, 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 you know, hanging out and doing all of that. Great. He took up many projects, right? He was building houses. He bought slaves, and, and those slaves had children. And so that was, there were people that could take care of his, his, his buildings and his land and all those things that he was built, making. He collected wives and concubines. I mean, Solomon had what, like over 70 wives or, or concubines at once? I mean, it was insane. He built gardens and reservoirs. He amassed so much wealth and gained so much power. His attention was split in so many different directions because he had no focus. Oftentimes, um, people will tell me about what they want to do. Maybe it's a business idea. Maybe it's about a relationship whatever it is, they'll tell me about these things and, um, and you know, we'll have a conversation and we'll, they'll decide, the person will like decide on where they want to go based on the advice that they've been giving and all that. And, and we're good. And we're like, okay, that's going to be your move. I'm here. I'm praying for you. And then like about a week later, they're doing something completely different. I just don't, I, I don't get it. These days, I feel like some people are starting businesses like every other week, Right. They bounce from thing to thing to thing, like, and it's, it's too fast. How are you going to, how is that business or that idea going to thrive if you don't give it time to do it? Proverbs 19.21 tells us, we humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purposes prevail. We tend to make our plans, check this out, we tend to make our plans, and then we want to check with God, right? 
But that's a backwards way of looking at it. We should be consulting God first and then move on with our plans. If you believe that, say amen. Remember the word of caution that Solomon already gave us. We plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. Ultimately, God has to direct our plans. See, too many of us, amen. How many of y'all thankful for the rain? Hallelujah. And this tent. <laughs> I mean, it is relief, though. That breeze feels good. Too many of us have our hands in too many things, and then we wonder why we get burnt out. But you know the thing that really frustrates me the most is that they get burned out. People will get burned out, and then the first thing that they want to do is say, okay, I got to step back from serving in church. Why is it that God's house or God's purposes has to be the first thing to go? Why not, re why, why not remove all those things that are keeping you from God's house? Amen? There's so many things that we can do, but just because we can do them doesn't mean that we need to do them. It's hard for you to be intentional because intentionality is so important when you're trying to build something. But if you're split in so many di different directions, it's hard for you to be intentional if you're not focused. When you're not focused, you also start compromising on quality and compromising on whatever you're doing. So that means that you're not giving it your best, and if it's not your best, it's not going to grow. Amen? Some people are like that with relationships. Bounce from relationship to relationship. I can't even keep up with some people's relationships anymore. And, and, and on, the, on another note, I feel like some people need to stop posting all their business on, on social media. You haven't even given the t relationship time to grow, and then we, we hear we seeing this person, and then next week it's another person, and then it's another person. Like, we don't need to know all your business. <laughs> but the reality is, is too many of us are consulting timelines instead of consulting God. I mean... We can't let those things and the, well, the approval of others guide us, especially over God's approval. See, not every good thing is for you. See, I, I think there's a lot of good things, right, that we can pursue. But just because it's good doesn't mean it's good for you. You may have good intentions for why you're doing something, but your good intentions are not substitute for God's cosign. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. See, we have to trust that God knows what he's doing. Is God not the creator of all the universe? Did he not get us here in the first place? See, God had a plan already in motion. So it makes sense for us to <laughs> talk to and consult with the plan maker before we start making our plans and you see I'm I'm preaching to myself here see I've always been pretty good at things and when I set my mind to how many of y'all are like that when you really folk when you're when you're set your mind to something and doing things you do them pretty well right so you know I, because of that I figured okay I could do a whole bunch of different things right I'm always taking on I'm, I'm the one that always raises their hand says yes and you know and then end up being like why did I say yes and then I'd be, while everybody else is sleeping, I'm the one sitting there at four in the morning still working. I had my hands in so many different things. And it wasn't until 
I got so burnt out that I started to question all the things that I were, was doing. And the reality is, is that I couldn't even tell you why I was doing all these things. I just figured I could, so I should. And the older that I've gotten, I started realizing that being busy doesn't mean that I'm being effective. Booked and busy ain't the goal. We see that, right? Booked and busy. But see, that's a, that's a temporary mindset. You know what the goal is? Focused and effective. Hashtag that. The world is going to try to pull us away from our calling. But we must resist and make every effort to obtain the knowledge that will keep us effective and pro, um, productive. Second Peter 1 through 5 starts like this for every reason. Y'all okay with Bible? Listen. We, these are not the opinions of Joanne Wilson here. I, this, is, this is word, all right? So I, I read a lot of word when I speak, all right? Y'all good with that? For this very reason, make every effort to add your faith to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perse perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We all have limited time here on earth. What are you going to do with that time that's going to make the most impact in this world? Who does your goal serve? Is it all about you? Because self-serving goals leave you empty. You got to ask yourself, does what I am doing, does it align with God, with what God told me to do? See, the thing about world changers is they, they have laser sharp focus. They can tell you exactly what they're doing, why they're doing it, who they're doing it for, how they're going to get there, and they move. See, the difference between world changers and those who are just living, right, is focus and concentration. Lack of focus means that you're going to have to divide your attention to so many different things, right, and you're not putting your best energy into what you're doing. But the other thing about the things that you're doing is that you need help. In order for you to grow and scale, you need help, right? And that doesn't just mean in business. It could be in life. It could be in a mission. In this church, this church didn't grow because we didn't have focus. We knew what we were going to, what we wanted to do. It's written here, build strong families to build strong futures. All of this stuff is focused on God. God gave us a mission. We communicated that. People that are here have locked arms with us, and we have grown this church, and we're seeing families thrive in the name of Jesus here in this city and all around. Amen? Focus. Laser focus. But focus also inspires others to help you. If you're not focused, how are you going to communicate what you need or how people can help you grow? We got to be able to clearly articulate what the goal is, what the vision is, and what the direction is so others can lash on to that and realize how they can contribute to the mission. See, before you pursue anything, you have to consult and pray. What does prayer mean? Have a conversation with God. Read his word. Trust me, the more you do it, the more you start to hear 
him speak to you. Maybe it's not audibly, but he may give you scripture. He may put an impression in your heart. He may give it, give you a dream. He may have other people confirm those things that he's been speaking to you, but you got to lean in and focus on God to hear him. Amen. Y'all with me? Lastly, we got to focus on God. Simple, clear as that. The best you can do with your life, this is Ecclesiastes 24, 26 that we read before. The best you can do with your life is have a good time and get by the best you can. The way I see it, divine fate, whether we feast or fast, is up to God. God may give wisdom and knowledge and joy to his favorites, but sinners are assigned a life of hard labor. And in the end, turning their wages over to God's favorite. Nothing but smoke and a spitting into the wind. It's kind of intense, right? <laughs> See, God intends for us to enjoy all of the things of life and to find enjoyment in the things that they're working on. But the key is that this is realizing that this is God's gift to you. Those who accept this gift please God. To them, God gives them wisdom and ability to enjoy this gift. Those who do not accept this gift from God, but who spend their energies trying to achieve happiness by their own wisdom and efforts, find that they build up for themselves all the things that will leave them lost. So in other words, worship God, not the gift. God has to be the focus of everything that you do. And you give gratitude and acknowledge that it is him who has given you everything that you have and all of the ideas and the work that you do. See, King's disease. King's disease is also historically known as, as gout, right? It's a disease that is known to be caused by an over-excess or over-indulgent of, you know, fatty foods and, and alcohol and just doing the most. <laughs> and it's also known as rich man's disease. I believe the concept of King's disease is is, is really as it relates to our conversation today, it's about overindulging ourselves in our selfish pursuits, King's disease. This is about how a lack of focus can have us chasing empty pursuits. When we allow our selfish pursuits to take over our focus, we open up ourselves to the disease of dissatisfaction, King's disease. When you're focused on God, he helps you edit those pursuits, right? Or redirect so that you live a life that matters. How many of y'all want to live a life that matters, right? As we get ready to move into a new season, into the fall and into this end of the year time, right? It doesn't necessarily have to align with the calendar seasons, but we are in a transitional season right now, transitioning into a season. But my prayer, my prayer for all of us, including myself, is that we check our focus. And if we find that our focus is not on God, we got to get it there. We got to redirect our attention and our focus to God. God first. God first, not after. We don't plan first, then consult. We talk to him, then we plan. 
Amen. I want you to bow your heads right now as you consider a few things. See, the enemy's goal is to distract us with earthly pleasures. That's his assignment. The enemy's focused. The enemy is laser focused on kicking us off the right path and leading us towards death. That's what his job is, to kill, steal, and destroy. He's on a mission, most importantly, to get our eyes and our focus off of Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2-3 says, we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You see, true satisfaction comes from a relationship with the Lord and Savior, with Jesus Christ. Nothing else in our lives can fill us. When we focus on Jesus, we find the meaning in our lives. You feel like you're living a meaningless life. You feel like you're running around in circles and nothing you do ever seems to matter, never seems to be enough. Seems like a short celebration and then you're back to being on that hamster's wheel. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus, and you'll always, always find meaning and live in a life that matters. See, maybe you've been focusing on the wrong things all of your life, or maybe you've lost focus. You used to be on it, but you've lost it. If you're honest with yourself, maybe you fall into one of those categories. I want to give you an opportunity to get aligned Get in alignment with God. If you want to get your focus right, which simply means that you want to turn your attention to what matters most so that you can live a life that matters. If you want Jesus, I want you to maybe slip up your hands right where you are. I'm not going to ask you to do anything crazy, but... I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. Be honest with yourself. I see you too. Maybe you've never actually even had a relationship with Jesus. Maybe all of this is, is you're hearing it, but you haven't taken that first step to build that relationship. You could put your hands down if you raised your hand earlier I also want to make sure that you know I'm not going to assume that everybody here has a relationship if you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you simply want one you want to start building this this relationship so that you can focus on him maybe you want to raise your hand go ahead and lift your hands up I see you I see you the Bible says that 
if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I would love it if everybody can stand right now. There's not much room up here, so I'm not going to ask you to come down, but I'm going to ask that every single one of us get on our feet right now because we're going to pray. I'm going to pray specifically for those that didn't have, don't have a relationship with God and they want to start it today. God bless you. Amen. And then we're also going to pray that we realign our focus on what matters most so that we can live a life that matters. That all right with y'all? So why don't you repeat after me, everybody in this place. Dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it. I ask for your forgiveness. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe in my heart that God rose you from death all to give me life. And now I want a relationship with you. I turn my focus to you, Lord. I'm yours. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer, maybe it was your first time, I want you to lift up some praise. And here at Cool Church, we understand that what matters most is your relationship with Jesus. Without that, there is nothing. And because we, we see people week after week make the decision to go ahead and move forward with that important decision. We celebrate. And so before we end this um, message today and before we pray, I want to celebrate those who for the first time might have said yes to a relationship with Jesus. So on three, I want you to lift up a shout of praise the cool church way because we know it's important. Come on, one, two, three. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for those who came to a relationship with Jesus today. That's what we're praising. That's what we're celebrating. Come on, we could do better than that. Let's go. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you've heard, please consider sharing it with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And always remember that you were created out of love.